So, I think I already know the answer to this question, but do you believe in the paranormal? Um, that's a good question. I, and my answer is, <laughs> I think it's fun to. In the same way that I think it's a more fun way to lead your life by believing in, like, just magic that may or may not be there. Like, you can justify that seeing a quote-unquote, like, sign in your life is just coincidence and the world is chaos. Yes, absolutely. But I think it's just more fun and magical to believe in something is pointing you in the right direction. And so in that same vein, I believe that it's more fun to believe that there are spirits left to hmm. haunt us. Hmm. Well, I feel called out. <laughs> no, after years and years of doing, like, I did at one point. I'll mm -hmm. say that. But it spurred from unchecked mental illness Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was uh, not well in high school and believed I was haunted. But in fact, I had just had a mental break. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Full breakdown was catatonic for three days. Uh, yeah. And it, it went on for like a year or so after that that I still was like convinced. But uh, yeah, it definitely was an unchecked mental illness. So <laughs> I and don't... And a lot um, of movies deal with that. Yeah. So having had that personal experience, I cannot believe in the supernatural. Uh, I also, you know, I'm going to get real nerdy real fast and say that much like the philosopher David Hume said, there may be the supernatural, but by definition, it could never interact with or be perceived by the natural because it is above the natural. It is a different realm of existence. So if it exists, we wouldn't know, couldn't know, and it wouldn't know about us or couldn't know about us. So it doesn't fucking matter. And I'm fine with that. And I, I like the idea that people have come up with to create and tell stories of kind of like a spiritual purgatory where the hauntings happen because these ghosts or spirits are trapped in between that world and ours. Like, I love that as an idea. I'm not saying it's true. Right. But I love that as an idea that, you know, that has spurred so many different ideas for movies and media in general. And I don't know, I maybe it's just... It's it's the whimsical part of me that just wants to believe in all of that shit. And I just think it's more fun, too. Like, if you're watching or hearing a story that someone has so creatively written and you just decide to believe it's true, I think that's fun. Yeah, I can say I, I will believe in the moment, right? Yeah. I, I we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, that is something that I think is that suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Bordering on... I would say it is. Oh God, I'm getting. I'm getting really into the philosophy of this episode. Yeah. It is a functional or like uh, f it's called um, fictionalist mm -hmm. belief. Uh, so it is true for the time that you need it to be, and it is untrue outside of that. Right, and I yeah, and I think it's kind of here's where when I was younger, I had trouble watching a lot of. Um, horror films because my imagination would just run fucking same. rampant at exact night same, yeah. and I would think that I was like seeing things or hearing things and all these um, and so I just couldn't really handle it I don't think I was ready but now it's kind of fun for me at least to kind of analyze like oh it's interesting that my brain is doing this that my brain has you know woken me up at 
at 3 a.m. because I watched this thing where this girl wakes up at 3 a.m. all the time. And you know, and and now my brain is deciding to be afraid of like, you know, someone who's clearly outside, like, you know, a neighbor or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, I don't know, I, I'm able to look at it from like an outside perspective and think that it's kind of fun. And I think that's probably where my love of horror stems from. Totally. Is the ability to do that. But Love that. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched paranormal activity you mean the 2007 found footage film yes it was a huge success yes absolutely i remember when this um came out and everyone was going to the theater which i'm sure this was a thrilling experience in theaters i was too chicken shit to actually do that (laughs) um but love that people did it yeah, it was one of those where they kept advertising it. If you were around at the time, if you're younger, then you probably don't remember this. But if you're around yeah. our age, you would definitely remember all the ads on TV and shit where they were just like, oh, my God, people keep leaving the theater. People faint. People were vomiting. And it's like, OK, cool. And that's, that's such... not that's not a good ad. But well, and what's so funny, <laughs> what's so, yeah, what's so funny um, about found footage is that they end up doing a lot of these really advanced PR type things like, like that. Yes. Like you don't you don't do that for a lot of horror films. And then you take Blair Witch Project for at, it, at the time, nobody created a website. It created viral for, marketing. Exactly. We talked about that we, CR Blair Witch episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, it invented viral marketing. So it's interesting. It it's interesting that found footage films often utilize that type of marketing, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's. I think it works. I think it's. I honestly think that it's. It's. It's gross, but it's genius at the same time. No, it's very clever. Like yeah. fuck marketing, but like yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Nicole. I'm Topher, and we're the horror babes. Yes. And welcome back to Ghost Stories. This is this our is Ghost a... Stories month. This is our finale. It is our finale. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we'll be moving into November. Very, very sad that Halloween will have passed. But you know what? That just means 365 days until the next one. Yeah, we've also got some dope shit lined up for November. So, yep, absolutely. So just in case you're new here, I'm going to give a little rundown of how we do things at Horror Babes. So first, Topher is going to take us through who made this thing, shout out the cast and crew, and then I will take us through the plot. And then in our third installment, we will analyze said plot. So Topher, without further ado, who made this thing? Like three people. As found footage should be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't that is, need that's a lot. That's literally the case with uh, <laughs> uh, Blur Witch Project was, I think, like a total of like 15 at most, which is a pretty, really, really small crew. Yeah. So this initially was shot for about 15K in seven days uh, with two completely unknown actors Mm -hmm. and a completely unknown writer and director and a completely unknown cinematographer and a completely unknown film editor and a completely unknown casting director and a completely unknown second director and a completely unknown costume designer because it's all the same person. Listen, we love a big break. Come on. Yeah. So this was written, directed, shot, edited, cast, and decorated and designed by Oren Pelly. This is his debut. Um, a multi-hyphenate. It is, yeah, it's literally. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I just. I didn't count the amount of hyphens, but it's a shit ton. Yeah. Uh, it's one fewer than there are uh, roles here. <laughs> um, the only thing he didn't do was act in it. So it, he wanted two completely unknown actors to really amp up the belief here. Mm-hmm. So it stars Katie Featherston as Katie. Mika Sloat as Mika. And then a little cameo from Mark Fredericks or Friedrichs as the psychic, Dr. Friedrichs, and Amber Armstrong as the friend Amber. Mm-hmm. End of list. 
there's one other woman credited, and it's beca- it's for a photo of her, Ashley Palmer as Diane. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it uh, for the initial. So this movie got screened. It got shopped around. Jason Bloom was like, I want this. We've talked about him a bunch, but yeah, this is a Bloomhouse production eventually, right? Mm-hmm. But it was an indie film made for 15K in 2006. So Jason Bloom sees it. He's like, nope, I want this. Let's bring this on. Let's let's polish this up. Let's uh, let's put this out there. We're going to make billions of dollars. Well, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes to Paramount Pictures through Bloom. And he's they are like, oh, my God, let's just completely reshoot this. This is so rough. Let's polish this up. Let's throw in some new people. We'll redo it. We'll keep the actors. But, like, let's do a whole new thing. Eventually, Jason Bloom and Oren Pelly convince Paramount that like that's a terrible idea. Yeah. And Paramount goes oh, like they did test screenings, and that's what that's what actually convinced them. And Paramount was like, oh, and they thought people like because people were leaving the theater or like upset, they were like, oh, this movie's terrible. We definitely have to reshoot it. And then Bloom and Pelly are like, no, 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 talk to them outside. And they had left because they were too scared. Right. And then Paramount goes, okay, great, we're just gonna reshoot the ending then. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are three endings to this movie, but um, the original has only been seen once. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it wasn't actually released until 2009. Right. So yeah, it was it, it, the original screening was October 2007 at Screamfest. That's where Paramount was like, oh, okay, we get it. Okay, this is going to be good. Uh, but yeah, so they threw in $215,000 in post-production which brought in ADR. It brought in some really great rotoscope that was really well used and then uh, ended up making $193.4 million. Wow. uh, In addition to, and then has made six more films after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, The franchise is... Isn't the six... Is the sixth one coming out? The seventh the is coming seventh out this is, month. So yes. six are already out, and the seventh yeah. one is coming soon. So it's Paranormal Activity, uh-huh. then two, then three, then four, then the marked ones, the Ghost Dimension, and Next of Kin is the one to, is the next one to come out. It's been six years since we've had one. Gotcha. So we had six in six years. Wow. Um, I mean, they're that, easy to shoot. It's found footage. Well, and that's how it goes for for these types of. I'm not gonna call this one like a a, a cheap cheap thrill like saw but i i think when you have something that has taken off so quickly like this one did they mm-hmm. i'm sure that you get pressure from studios to crank more out and i yeah. think that's what happened with saw and that's why a lot of them in my opinion aren't that great um the first one has its merits but yeah we also did an yes. episode on that and yeah you can hear mm-hmm. our opinions there yeah and um i'm, I'm not surprised that they were like when's this yearly paranormal activity coming out? Yeah, they turned it into like, uh, to put it in video game terms, like Madden or Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Call of Duty, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it comes out every year or every other year. They might as well have just been like, like, paranormal activity 2010. You know, like, they might as well have just done that, like Um, the video games. Yeah. But yeah, in total, the entire series has made just stupid money. So yeah, the entire budget... For all six so far. Don't have any information on the seventh yet, but the, the budget for the first six, $28,015,000. Mm-hmm. That's less than you spend on one movie. Yeah. Typically. It has made worldwide $890,533,646 in box office. That's such a specific number. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I'm not, I'm honestly not super surprised by that number because the movie is not as great as, as that number, but when you implement some serious scare tactic marketing yeah, with something like that and it kind of being like, oh, if you like watching those ghost shows on the History Channel or, you know, like, like those exactly, types of things. Yeah, it feels then, very much like that, yeah. Then you'll love this if you've ever been curious about, you know, literal paranormal activity then like you'll love this movie and it'll scare the shit out of you and then you've got people who are like oh i'm a i'm a horror film veteran it's not gonna fucking scare me and so you you get this whole you get this you get this like people who are seeking the thrill who are like who are like oh my god i'm so scared of horror films but i love that feeling and then you've got people who are like it's not gonna scare me they keep saying that people shit their (laughs) pants and like you know so you've got two demographics that you are already shooting for and they're very wide you know so yeah and it's funny because it's there's one so this is the one that's most most well ranked right Mm mm-hmm so it goes And then it just sort of plummets from there. So first one, 83% Rotten Tomatoes, 68 on Metacritic. Great. Second one, 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is a huge fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 53 on Metacritic. Third one, Little Pip, 67 and 59. Uh, And then it goes down to 23 and 40, 39 and 42, 14 and 30. It's just, Mm. yeah. The, 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 well, I'll talk about this later, but the franchise really took a, a nosedive. Yeah. It, it started really high and it just, they just were not having it after that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we we have some ideas of how how they could have t- gone a different route and it probably would have been more successful, but we'll, we'll definitely get into that yeah, a little exactly. later. Um, but yeah, I mean, eventually they brought in Christopher Landon, mm-hmm. um, who we know from Freaky and yep. uh, Happy Death Day, which we've covered both of those. Mm-hmm. He did this, he wrote the second one and he directed and wrote the um, the marked ones, but he also wrote three and four. Yeah. And he's back for this next one. Mm-hmm. But they brought on some, you know, they, it's sort of a launching point for a lot of directors as well. Yeah. And writers, um, they go on to write bigger or, you know, different series after this or yeah. run their own shows and things like that. So, yeah, um, it is a very tight runtime. It is 86 minutes. Mm. Yeah. And like I said, it, for $230,000, it made $193.4 million And I think that it is questionably the most profitable film of any type of all time. Wow. Yeah. That's a uh, let big alone statement. horror film. I think it's the I think it is the most profitable film ever made. I mean, yeah, you'd have to be a found footage film for that to be true. More or less, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. Um, but yeah, it spawned games, comics, uh and a whole whole franchise. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's banking on everyone is curious in what they can't see. Exactly. You know, like totally. what goes bump in the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that does it for me. If you want to take it away on some uh, plot, tell me what happens in this little found footage spook fest. Thank you so much. I sure do. I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, so it's 2006, and you can definitely tell it's 2006, y'all. The fashion. I don't mean to. Or lack thereof. Listen, Good Lord. I don't mean to like judge, but between the decor in the house, the the paint colors, that brown the, microfiber couch, ooh, and there's like a puke green, like pea soup. You said pea soup, and that was perfect. There's like pea soup colored paint on the walls. I don't know, man. Again, I'm not <laughs> trying to judge, but all I'm gonna say is this is the most 2006 looking fucking uh, decor. <laughs> it's and a design. time capsule, is what you're saying. Lord, yes. Um, okay, we're in San Diego. We meet. Katie and Mika, who are 
it opens it opens with with Mika basically testing out the camera. Yeah. And uh, we always have this moment. And like, why is the camera there? The camera is there because uh, Katie has been saying that there is a demon that has haunted her since she was a kid. Something, yeah. Or something, yeah. yeah. We don't ghost demon, something paranormal, obviously. Um, so, so they've got this, or against Katie's wishes, I'm gonna say um, Mika has gotten this camera because he doesn't EDP believe recorder, her. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't believe her, so he's like, we're just going to film it. I'm going to see what happened, which, great position to put your partner in. Like, prove to me that this is true. Well, we, we can talk Why about... We will. Yeah, we can talk about that later. You know I will. Um, but anyway. Um, so we... We. They. <laughs> I didn't do anything. They hire a psychic uh, who comes over, Dr. Uh, uh, Fredericks. He he suggests that it's feeding off of this negative energy and it has an intent of tormenting her. Yeah, it's a demon, not a ghost. Because he's yeah. like, I deal in ghosts. I'm a, I, I work as being a medium. I help, like, ghosts are, you know, it's the classic, like, unfinished business or they have something to resolve. Uh, demons are not his specialty and he does not want to deal with demons because demons are not... Yeah, they're scary, and it's not his. It's it's not his background. It's not his expertise. Yes. So he he gives them the number of a of an exorcist, right? a demonologist. A demonologist. Yeah. It, it, who it's a colleague of his. Yeah. Exorcisms, I guess. Can yeah, that's an option. It's not the only thing, but yeah. That is an occupation, right? An exorcist. Uh no, not necessarily. Um, it's it's like a. Uh, so an exorcist is a priest. Like exorcism is a, is a specific That's category. Right. Yeah, okay. so it's it has to be. We it, they go over all of this in um, exorcism of Emily Rose. They do it in the Exorcist as well, but it's a Catholic ritual That's or a Catholic right. rite. So an so there's an exorcism, and then a priest. Is an exorcist is an in the exorcist moment in when the they're moment. performing okay. the exorcism. So right? it's not a, an official. It's like a. It's like. Okay, I get there it. are priests who can it. perform exorcisms. There are priests who cannot. Who cannot. Uh, you have to get special dispensation from the Vatican. All this stuff you have to like. Prove That's that, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I had a complete brain fart on that because I definitely knew that. Um, it's all good. Anyway, there's lots of information in the world. If you can't access it all at once, then that's fine. So it's a he's a demonologist and. Katie definitely wants to call this guy, but yeah, Friedrich says call him tomorrow. Yeah, but Mika's like, no, I've got my fucking, I got my camera. This is gonna solve everything, and we're gonna know we don't need we don't need a demonologist. Why? Okay, I'm just gonna pepper this in there really quick. This is the horror version of a man not wanting to use like a map. <laughs> Or like yeah. ask for direct. I'm sorry. I or have refusing to, to go to therapy. Yeah, I'm you know, sorry. I have it, to yeah. bring in that that very very stereo stere- that stereotype. Not I have, wanting to I'm, ask for directions. I'm I think it's what you said while we were watching it. Yes, I'm sorry. I have to bring that in. Um, but that he's like my camera. How the fuck is your camera gonna solve this, my guy? I you know recording equipment is great for recording. That's about it. That's all it's for. It is not for fixing. Like, are you going to throw the camera at it? Like, does he think that if it knows it's being filmed, it's not going to do anything like a robber or so something? So this is actually an important Idiot. point. So Dr. Friedrich says, uh, yes. <laughs> but Dr. Friedrich says specifically, like, 
the camera might piss it off. Yeah. And don't use a Ouija board to try to communicate with it because if you try to communicate with it, it will take that as an invitation. And it can see the camera as an invitation. I'm going to talk about that as well. But um, yeah, he's like, this could piss it off or make it feel like it's being invited in. And demons do sort of have that, like, vampires of, like, you have Let that. Let them in. If you invite them, they're more powerful. Yeah. And then you've got, yeah, Mika has this weird, like, machismo where he's like, this guy who specializes in this thing is clearly wrong, but me, who's never had read a book in my life, um, <laughs> knows exactly what to do. My camera is going to fix it. Also, my guy, you work in stocks. You're, He's a day trader. Yeah, your your career is as bullshit as a demonologist. Idiot. You are just flipping coins. There's a hamster actually that beats the majority. Right now there's a hamster that meets the majority of stockbrokers. Or like day traders. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. They just ask the cam- uh, they ask the hamster every day and it's, it's like predictions are thing? No, no, like they they have it pick like a stock or like buy sell on a certain stock. It must be nice to have money. And there's food on either thing and they just go boop and it just does it, and it's better than a coin flip, and most uh, day traders are worse than a coin flip. Must be nice to have money to just blow. Um, <laughs> to be born rich. So, just like any sort of haunting, like we get this slow crescendo of things happening. Totally. Each night we get, you know, at first it's the door kind of just... Weep, weep. Weep, weep. Like, opening and closing. None of the windows are, It doesn't even fully close. It just sort of, like, wobbles. Yeah. Yeah. And none of the windows are open, blah, blah, blah. Um, And and so you just... There, it's... You see them during the day, and Katie's like, why are you filming right now? This is stupid. But then us at home are like, well, we need a movie. So (laughs) that's why he's filming. That's the whole reason that Mika is there, is... And why he's such an asshole is because we need a reason um, for... To have all of this footage. And he's just being an asshole and not listening to his partner. Um, wild. Wild. Um, you claim you love someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you know, we get, like, the flickering lights. We get, you know, you know traditional ghost shit. And um, then it starts to escalate into, like, you know, the door slamming. We get, you know, screeches, thuds. And then um, we get this really freaky one where Katie it just... Gets out of bed, just stands and stares at at Mika for like two hours and then goes outside. Um, and she's sitting on the swing. He's like, he wakes up and he's like, where, where, where is she? He finds her on the swing and she's just sitting there like in a trance. And he's like, it's fucking freezing. And so mm-hmm. he's like, okay, I'm going to go get you a blanket. And then like weird shit happens when he goes back in the house. She breaks out of the trance, doesn't remember anything. This is our first jump scare too, where he turns around and she's just there. Yeah. It's a, good, it's, it's a good jump scare. It's well done, yeah. Um, I jumped. So then guess what this motherfucker dumbass does? Makes him, She makes him promise not to buy a Ouija board. And guess what this dumbass does? Lawyers her. He says, I borrowed a Ouija board. <sighs> okay, if, we're, if we are following horror movie logic, if you borrow something that has dealt with... The supernatural, mm-hmm. you have that energy on that property. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whatever someone has used that Ouija board for. I'm not going with my logic. I, again, I think it's fun to believe in these things, but I don't actually. It's a fucking Ouija toy boards, from Hasbro. Exactly. That came but, out in the fucking 50s or but, 60s. It's not real. There's if, nothing real about it. It's a goddamn toy. But if we are in horror movie land logic. Yes. Within this world, that with, is correct. Yes. If you borrow one, it has taken on the energy and the properties of whatever it was used for before. Yes. So someone had a reason to buy that Ouija board. And it's a nice Ouija board. It's, it's not gorgeous. a Hasbro one. It's not a Hasbro one. It's a nice one. Which means it's not a Ouija board because that is a, a copyright of Hasbro company. Fair. But it's it's a speaking device to the supernatural, yeah. I guess. It's a channeling device. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's gorgeous. Yes. It's very pretty. So Mika is just double fucking stupid. Like, why would you... But of course he doesn't know because he hasn't read a book. He's stupid, yeah. He's um, a big dumb baby. They're, and they're like trying to go out on a nice date, you know? She just wants to, she's have, she's going through it. She's like, let's just go and have a nice time. I don't want to be in this house right now. And he's bought a, f- or borrowed a Ouija board thinking that that's some weird loophole that she's just going to be okay with. Right. Again, idiot. Idiot. Um, take a shot of your apple juice whenever I say idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Drink your juice, Shelby. Drink your juice, Shelby. Um, so they leave the house. The camera is on. Um, we see the the pointer. It, we can't see what message this is. Um, we just can see it's that called it's called a planchette. Okay. Um, <laughs> we just see it moving, and then it just catches fire. Right. Um, a friction plus magic. <laughs> it's just the demon lighting it on fire. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. So then Mika, this is just causing Mika to have more tenacity for figuring this he's thing like, out. Yeah. He's like, what's this fucking guy? I, he's like, I'm reading books. I'm do- this is the, if this motherfucker would have said, I did my own research by listening to Joe Rogan and being on Facebook. Oh my God. That's the perfect. If the thing that this, this, this happened, if the thing that happens in this movie didn't happen, there would totally, he would totally be a COVID denier. Oh my God. Yeah. He'd be fucking buying horse paste. That, that is the right boiling lemon peels. That's the new thing. Boiling oh lemon peels God. is going to save you. Um, Anyway, um, so Katie is like, you, you, you have to stop. Like, like you're just making it, you're just making it angry. Um, but does he stop? No. Why would he? He knows better. It's like every day is opposite day for him. Um, (laughs) I promise not to do anything else. Does the thing. Yeah. But then they make their deal. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I want to put baby powder all over the floor. Um, and then we'll see footsteps if there's actually you know something and, it's and so she's funny. like I, I love how much shit she's giving him she's like okay yeah put your little fucking powder all over the all over the floor and when this doesn't and work this i'm calling a demonologist exactly that's, that's their the deal. deal yeah that's their deal and so they do find footsteps um there's there's a path of these footsteps that leads to the attic and mm-hmm. so and and there's it's the the pathway to or the doorway to the attic or the board is like a skew so yeah it's a a hall closet and it's just like a push board um yeah and so mika decides to go up there finds a burnt photograph of a very young katie in that attic which shouldn't exist that shouldn't exist because it everything that she owned was destroyed in a house fire yeah she she said it like burned down to the foundations when she was a kid Mm mm-hmm so, um, turns out they decide to call Dr. Dr. Friedrichs again, and he's like, 
Well, it's the they call the demonologist who's out of the country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, then they call Dr. Friedrichs, and he's like, mm-hmm, um, no, I'm not entering this house. It is pissed off at me. I am just making it angrier. And she's like, She's like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do? So and give it a couple days. He's like, my guy will be back in, ta- back in the country, but... And guess what? It's too late. So that night, Katie is literally yanked out of the bedroom. Um, we don't see... We never see anything, um, but she's yanked by her leg mm-hmm. out of the bedroom, kicking, screaming. Mika discovers a bite mark on Katie's back afterwards. Um, so... They are like, yeah, let's go to the hotel, but... We got to get out of here, but then... Katie insists on staying, which great moment for that actress here because she definitely she 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 toes the line of like it's believable enough that it's still her for Mika to have mm-hmm. sympathy and say, okay, if that's what you want to do, which is also different for Mika because he's shown no sympathy throughout this entire movie. Yeah, he's fu- this is the this is the moment though. Like when he sees yeah. the physical like it he needed convincing. Yeah. And he got convinced. He's like, Okay, well what the fuck could have yanked you out of bed and dragged you if I can't see it? Yep. And why is there a bite mark on your back? Yep. But then there's also just something off that we can definitely see. Which you could chalk up to sleep deprivation, right? Exactly. So that's where where her delivery of this is actually very brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, okay, so... So we get, we're on night 21. They've all, they, they, they number, you know, we, we see night one through blah, blah, blah. And it t- gives us the date. And then we see the time at the bottom, yeah, right? Whenever. Stamp, yeah. And sometimes they will fast forward, which is, which is a really cool um, tool to use here. Um, but anyway, so we're on night 21. Katie gets out of bed and just stares at Mika for two hours again before, but then she goes downstairs. Katie screams for Mika and he quickly rushes to help her. And then uh, we hear Mika screaming just bloody murder in pain. Um, And then there's a moment of silence. And I love this part. Mika's body is violently hurled at the camera, which is knocked off the tripod, revealing a demonic Katie standing in the doorway with blood all over her shirt. She does this creepy crawl. Um, and like hovers over my, Mika. Yeah, over Mika's body and then looks up at the camera with a grin. And then she lunges toward the camera. Her face takes on a demonic appearance just as the scene cuts to black and another growl is heard. And then Mika's body is discovered by the police on October 11th, 2006. And Katie is nowhere to be found. Yeah, so it's like two days later is when they find him. Yeah. And yeah, we just get that through text. That's just a white white text, black screen. Mm-hmm. And then there are no credits. No credits, which... Dope. That would break yeah. the fourth wall in yes. film speak. Yes. 100%. No, no, that's exactly stage, right. That's exactly... Stage no. speak to film. Yeah. It's, yeah, fourth wall. Yeah, fourth wall. And there, like you said, there are a couple of different endings. There's one where she uses a knife to kill him um, and then rocks back and forth. And then... And in that one, Katie's friend Amber, who we've never met, which... No, we see her throughout the film. Oh, her... Oh, yeah. See, I even forgot about her. Okay, yes. Yeah, she's there a couple times. That's right. She invites Katie to come over They're doing, like, beads at one point. That's right. And they're having girl chats on the couch. I totally forgot about that part because it's... She's fairly forgettable. She's just sort of a third person who's like, Mika, you're an idiot. Yeah. I guess a fourth person. And then, so, yeah, so Amber is the one in this ending that discovers Mika's body downstairs and runs away, and Katie just doesn't respond. And then we get the police coming where they find a possessed Katie with the knife. And, um, but then Katie ter- returns to her normal state and kind of 
asks where Mika is, and so it's um, kind of sad. The attic door slams by itself. One of the officers panics and shoots and kills her. And then the camera fades to black as they continue to search the house. And then in that one, you would get an epilogue text that dedicates the film to the memory of Mika and Katie. So that's the one that was only screened once. That was the first ending. Yes, which doesn't leave any room for a sequel, which I can totally see why Paramount was like, no. Um, And then another alternate ending is Katie, after killing Mika off screen, comes back upstairs alone, just like the original ending. But this time she closes the bedroom door and approaches the camera. She faces the camera and slits her own throat, taking her life and her lifeless body drops to the floor while the camera fades to black. Again, not allowing for a sequel um, not with, a direct one. At not least, a direct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we we're gonna talk about that um, in just a second. But yeah, that that really wouldn't. Well, I guess we can talk about it now. This, so that's the that's the one that was only. So the original ending and the alternate ending have only ever been seen once. Yeah. Right. I don't even know if they they might have been included on the DVD release. So I guess I can go ahead and start talking about like why I like the alternate ending the most. Um, the one that was we only saw once. Mm-hmm. I think the original ending is bad. I get it for budget purposes when you're doing a small movie like that. It's also funny that they would, even with a small budget, bring in more actors. You mean the one that they kept? Which one are you talking about? So I like the one, I like the two that they came up with after the original. Okay. So the one we have and the one that they only screened once and scrapped. And then there's the original ending. That's the one with the cops, right? Yeah, I don't really give a shit about um, her friend finding her. And I think that's too yeah, convoluted. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's too long of a, yeah, it's not... It stretches your denouement, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, fancy word. Oh. Um, <laughs> Someone took their SAT. <laughs> AP English. Anyhow, so the reason I like the alternate ending the most is because it's fucking bleak. And you know I love me a bleak ending. Mm-hmm. The sudden like throwing of Mika feels a little off to me. Like It feels incongruous, so that's why I don't like the ending that we get. That's the only reason. Like it's just a little much, you know. I like it as I like it as a little bit of a jump scare. Yeah, it's good for that. Mm-hmm. It's I, maybe it's really what I don't like is her crawling at the camera and her face is different. Yeah, because it just it doesn't look fantastic. But yeah, I like the I like the alternate ending that they screamed screened the one time, not the original, the one in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's because I like really bleak endings, and that's I think really cool. You know, the demon's done what it needs to do. Yeah. Which is take lives, right? Cause pain, take lives, feeds itself. But I guess first what I should really do is contrast. So I like the ult- I like the alternate ending because it's what I think the franchise should have done. Mm-hmm. If they were going to stay a franchise. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go ahead and run through what did happen in the franchise to contrast it. I'm going to do this really fast. This is going to be like, this isn't going to be me explaining ghosts in 13 ghosts. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes of me talking about ghosts. Ghosts. So... This is obviously the beginning, but after that, we get two prequels. Then the second one is a very recent prequel. So it's like a month before the this film, and it focuses on her sister, Christy, and uh, she's got a newborn baby. She's got a husband, and everything is like fucked up, and they're very confused about like why this whole thing is happening. It's not great. Yeah. Third one goes even further back to when Katie and Christy were kids. Mm-hmm. And this is what really establishes the lore of the series, right? Yeah. It names the demon Toby. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> what a dumb name for a demon. But it's a name a kid would come up with, right? Yeah, definitely. Like imaginary friend. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's how it starts. Um, so it's them, their mom, their stepdad, and their friend Randy. Uh, their dad's, their stepdad's friend Randy. Mm-hmm. And 
it's a 1988 and it is this is what establishes the lore in that toby uh is has been summoned by this like coven that christy and katie's mom belongs to with their grandmother maternal grandmother and it's like stealing seed from men and yada 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 it's it's garbage it's it's apparently the second best of this <laughs> franchise but like uh lore the fourth one brings katie back and it's in nevada and um there's this whole thing of like it, it just furthers the lore more the marked one's like oh okay we're gonna go for the latino community so we're in Oxnard, Ventura County, right? And a kid realizes he's marked and it's furthering again, like, okay, this this woman who gets murdered and uh, Toby actually is her, she's part of the cult too, and or the coven or whatever, and the our main kid dies because he gets marked, mm-hmm. right? Ghost Dimension established, so the, the marked ones and Ghost Dimension is where it gets really dumb, where you have portals through time and dimension. This is when it gets like really robust lore that sucks. <laughs> so the ghost dimension is uh, the Fleegs. I think the, I haven't seen this one, but it's either the Fleegs or the Fleeges. F L E E G E S. We're in Santa Rosa. They find a bunch of these tapes. It's Katie and Christy in 1992, so four years after the events of the third film, um, and they are being initiated into the demonic coven. So it turns. And then, like, yeah, there's a bit, there's a, a young daughter, Layla, and she was born on the same date as Christie's son from the second one. And yeah, um, so it gets real ridiculous. But yeah, Layla like goes into the past, or maybe it's in the marked ones. He goes into the past, and like Layla, yeah, that's what it is. The marked ones. He goes into the past and sees a young Katie and Christie, and is followed back through by something yada yada yada. The sixth one, Layla, the daughter travels into a ghost dimension through mm-hmm. a door in their house that no one else can access. Okay. It's absurd. Yeah. It's also where they were like, oh, we're going to put this in 3D. That was the 3D one. <laughs> oh. Yeah, 2015. It's like that it was all the rage for a second. Silly gimmicks. So it tries to establish lore, and what fucks what it fucks up is that it makes Katie a hunter, not a victim. Okay. So Katie's a like that mean that means the first movie she's lying to Micah the enti- or Mika the entire time, right? Mm. Because she's initiated into this cult with her sister. So it means that they're like man hunters hmm. to feed this demon for reasons. Hmm. And so it makes her the villain of the first one. It's kind of cool actually, but it I could don't... be. Yeah. But I just don't like how it reshapes it. You know. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there, there was a better direction to go with this. Um, yeah, we agree about this. Um, yeah, so the direction that it should have gone, and you, you and I were talking about this, is anthology. You yeah. want to make a franchise out of found footage? Do a fucking anthology series. Yep. Do a Black Mirror. Do you know VHS is found footage, right? Those same movies. world, same demon, different. Or um, even different demons, or yeah, sure. it could be the same demon. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. But like different experiences with it. With yeah, different cast. That's why I think that it would have totally been fine for Katie to have died. Right. I don't think that they like take the Final Destination franchise for example. Yeah. You're still in the same world, and it references. Um, the movies prior always, mm-hmm. but 
we've got new people, we've got new incidents, we've got, you know, all of these things. And I think that this would have been really great if we had just followed different people and you could have still had the, it, it would have given it a more refreshing take. And then you can, if, if your whole thing, just like how Final Destination's whole thing is they come up with really mundane things that people do, but it, it, it becomes a gruesome death, right? Yes. So, Tanning beds, waiting in a drive-through, roller coaster, flying on an airplane. Um, yeah. So, so with this, if, taking if a shower. Like. Yeah. If, with this, if your kind of gimmick of this movie, you're literally called Paranormal Activity, and your whole thing is that you're filming things at night in this very, um, in this in this very low lit, um, in the in the vein of of found footage it's very disorienting for exactly even especially because like half the film is a static camera yep it's very disorienting and it and that already makes you a little bit scared so if you've already got that and that's your that's your thing that's your gimmick then why would you try to develop and and reach for this story that kind of was never there and And it's very anti-woman too yeah like why why would you do that when you could just replace the characters and still come up with a simple plot a very simple plot, yeah. But just you know, you've got you come up with use your creative energy to come up with freakier things that this demon or these yeah. demons can ramp up do. the yeah. Find different ways to ramp up the tension. Yep. Because you can still play with the static camera and why it's why it's use like that's clever. Like this first one, I actually really like most of the writing. The acting is fantastic because yeah. it feels very natural, mm-hmm. which it should. It you know, it's done in a very similar vein to Blair Witch Project where mm-hmm. it's not actually it's retro scripted, not scripted. Nothing's overacted. Yeah, it's it's mumblecore. Mm-hmm. Without being annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like Creep is the same way. Creep was ret- was not scripted, scripted. It was retro scripted. Mm-hmm. Um another great found footage film. Yep. But yeah, I think it's, it's, I love the idea of this. I love that they managed to have bad camera work feel good and feel clever. And it's genuinely scary when she gets dragged out of bed. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, fuck out of here. I, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't, uh, that, that is scary. When the, the blinds are shut on the sliding back door and you kind of see the wind rustle in it and you're like okay is that gonna be a thing or is the door just open turns out the door's just open but it's good use of tension yeah yeah they play with you here yeah and it's it's good and i think and you can still keep a lore in a franchise in an anthology franchise like you said with final destination it's Mm -hmm. totally the case yep you're in the same world it's just different people it's just happening to different people yeah i I would love to talk about the true horror of this film, which is the way that Mika treats Katie. Totally. Um, Go off. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I don't think... I, I understand why he was characterized this way, obviously, because, again, if he wasn't being an asshole with the camera with her, we wouldn't have a movie. Yes. You know, we wouldn't have... We would only have the nightly thing, which wouldn't make any sense. We need context. Mm-hmm. So... So I yeah, get why, why is there he a was here? Yeah. yeah I get why he was characterized in that way and how she kept telling him like stop stop and he wouldn't but it, it so then at the same time what you get there is the shittiest partner ever he's he doesn't listen to her again he does the exact opposite of what she tells him to do because he thinks that he knows better than she does with something that she has apparently brought around with her since she was a child oh yeah that was a detail we didn't mention is that it doesn't matter if they leave. It's, it's attached her. to her. It's attached to her. It's not the house. So so 
the real horror is that she has to deal with this <laughs> this idiot who again has never read a book in his life I'm pretty sure and he has all of the confidence of a mediocre white man and thinks that he is the smartest person in every room he walks in and, and it just knows better yeah. than she does knows better than the person who specializes in these things like the demonologist and the the, the psychic mm-hmm. uh, he thinks that he yeah, he just he thinks that he knows he knows way more than all of these people. He's the one who aggravates the demon. So right. honestly, in a very midsummer way, it's right that he dies. Yeah, I he mean, had it coming. Cell block yes. tango, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't hold his arsenic. <laughs> Goodbye. Like, I just okay. And follow me here. I'm gonna take I'm this on board. movie. I'm gonna give me a journey. Okay, so this is this is just an alternate way of seeing this movie. I don't, I 1 million percent do not believe that this was anyone's intention, but this is just, just, just go with me. Okay. I'm ready. I'm strapped in. What if, what if this movie in the same vein as my absolute favorite, The Witch, Katie becoming this demonic entity now, it's, it's got her. Mm -hmm. What if that was actually the same type of release that Anya Taylor-Joy felt when she decided to sign her name in blood to the devil. Hmm. What if, what if Mika is really the bad guy here? What if this is Katie being like, I'm sick of your shit and I'm going to kill you? What if? So there is no demon. I mean, there is, but she, it's her, again, he had it coming. He, he was awful. Sure. The thing is that so I I, I do you want me to poke holes? No. Okay. I'm kidding. No, I, <laughs> well, because then like you're either going into what the franchise did go into, uh, like that it either goes that direction or it's that there, there's no moment when she makes that decision. There's not. She fights it the entire time. No, she does. But I'm just like all I'm saying is that. I know that she was... Okay, so I know she was fighting it the whole time. Right. But so was so was Anya Taylor-Joy in The Witch. She never truly fights, though. I, I, I see what you're getting at. I just... I just I, 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 I see where you're going. I like your ideas. I'm just trying to... I'm just see, not on board. That's all. I'm just trying to see it in a different... I'm just trying to play with it. That's really... I, I have not fully formed this, but I'm just trying to play with it... And again, I don't believe that this was anyone's intention when when making this movie. Obviously, it's not that deep, but I think it's kind of fun to be like to be like maybe she's come into her full form. Maybe maybe she, maybe maybe. she is a man eating demon. I, I don't think know. That's I just I hate that direction personally. I think it's boring. Okay. Um, not I'm not mad at you. I'm not trying to be mean, but you offered something up and for an opinion, and that's the opinion. <laughs> Well, thank you for that. Sorry, I, lo- I hate. I love to encourage your ideas. I'm just. I'm not here to shoot down. I'm just saying it's not for me. Okay. Because I like. I like where they're both victims. Like it's. He's a piece of shit, and he absolutely had something coming. Uh, and this is what it was because he pissed off the demon. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. That's the thing about him is that he even thinks that he thinks that everything's a joke. Yes. And then he even thinks that he can overcome something that he knows nothing about. Exactly. So that's the more interesting part to me, right? Is that it's, and I wish we had seen Katie not realize what was going on and break down. 
that's the moment I want. Mm. Like, that's the good part of the original ending of, like, Katie is a vessel. She is being, she's a tool, right? She He's yeah. a tool, but she's a tool. Um, Two meanings of the word, yes. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's what I like about the original ending is it's like, oh, fuck, what have I done? Or the alternate ending where she, the demon's just like, all right, cool, done. Or she realizes what she's done, and that's how she decides to handle it. Any yeah. of these, any of those are, I think, better than what the franchise did, right? Instead of diving deeper into the lore of, like, Katie and Christy as the man-hunting demon wielders, have these, have, give us that gut punch, you know? Yeah. Like, have the moment of, like, what the fuck have I done? Yeah. What have I done? I can't undo this. What have I done? Yeah, which we, a, we've seen we've seen that in in so many possession type movies where But never to that degree. Not really. Yeah, we have. Like what? Like oh god, now now I'm trying to think of it. But we've we've definitely seen we've definitely seen people do things when they're quote unquote possessed and then they realize oh, sure, what they've done sure, yeah. and they can't handle it. Yeah, I just I like the that as a final beat is what I'm I saying. I wish I could I wish I could think of an example. It's so hard on the spot. Um, but I Evil know Evil Dead comes to mind. The, like the remake, there's that moment of like Mia's like, what did, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, but there's but like, there's there's a more there's a more gut wrenching one. I want to say it like involves children. I can't remember though. Um, I mean, there's a yeah. Sorry, there's a great uh, short story called Autopilot that has that. It's not possession, but it's just a woman who's on autopilot and ends up uh, accidentally killing her kid yeah um but well let this let this be a lesson to everyone that sometimes you can just throw things out there and um they don't stick yeah (laughs) it's fine keep (laughs) keep your brain wheels turning yeah um but i do want to talk about uh, how this is a successful found footage film yeah right we we both say that like our top two i think are the same creep Mm -hmm. and blair witch project yeah I mean, I love the VHS series, kind of. It's it, okay. It, it's got its moments, mm-hmm. but this is the these are those are the two most successful to me. This is the most successful in terms mm-hmm. of money. Like Blair Witch Project, yeah, did make a good amount. Yeah, objectively, but like, this one, if you're looking at numbers, is the most successful. Um, and it's what reinvigorated the uh, the genre or the subgenre of found footage, right? Which that just always happens. It's kind of. I, I think that that's such a silly thing that we've come to say now, reinvigorating the genre because we just have so many. Well, so the subgenre, and, not the full genre. Well, yes, yeah. yes, the subgenre. Sorry. Sorry, um, I just want to be clear. Just, yeah, we just have so few and far in between. So you can't really say that something is reinvigorating the genre just because we haven't had one in a couple of years. I understand. It's just you that, know, like, it's just well, silly. Well, it's because we had one and then none for like seven years. That's the thing. Yeah, but but you can't say it's reinvigorating the genre when people aren't. We haven't had one that. Whenever they do come out, they normally are a relative success. Like if you look at Creep, Blair Witch is kind of an outlier, but has become a success. It was just ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, And then you've got this series where it's just like, not many people are doing the found footage thing. So when someone comes out with one, you're like, yeah, it's reinvigorating it. No, we just haven't had. Well, and I mean, so when I say it's reinvigorating it, yeah, we went, well, actually went 10 years without a major release found footage film, right? Because 1999 is Blair Witch, 2009 is when this got its wide release, right? Yeah. So even though it was made in 2006 or 2007, um, it didn't come out until 2009 to anybody but one screening, yeah. right? After that, you had a shit ton of them. That's when you get the VHS movies. That's mm-hmm. when you get 
uh, like there's all these other found footage films that came out around this time. It became the new, when I say reinvigorating the subgenre, it's yes, we hadn't had one in a while and people forgot they could make them or be successful with them. And so it's not about the, like how successful it is financially. It's that it created a wave. Right. right. Where saw we had had, we hadn't really had much like torture porn. Right. It kind of invented that. Yeah. And that one is less so than its sequels are. Yeah, <laughs> but it did. Like, w- then you get Hostel, you get all of the other Saw films, you get uh, 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 the one that's escaping me right now. But, like, you had, uh, fuck, Would You Rather. Like, you started that, it created a subgenre, but it had existed in some degree before, but it's the one who, like, made it happen for a while. Now we don't have those. There's no torture porn coming out right now. Right. Good. But, like, we don't. And that's what I mean to say is that, like, it, it created a wave, right? Um, the the ring started a wave of oh okay we're gonna be adapting Japanese horror films to America mm-hmm. right and that that followed a wave that's what I mean to say about reinvigorating you I know? see what you're saying I think it's just it, it's it's not it's not the best wording for it I understand it's it's what I had yeah because yeah. Um, it, it's it's like it's like well it's like not really because it never really. Well, it, it didn't go away. It's just that yeah. it wasn't. It didn't exist for a while, or it wasn't being done for a while, or it wasn't widely released for a while. So when you have ten years, a whole decade in between those, yeah, there's a whole generation. Like this is us. Blair Witch Project wasn't us. Blair Witch Project was like you know older cousins or siblings or whatever. Mm-hmm. This was us. This was our found footage movie. Yeah. Even though we were around when Blair Witch Project came out and we knew what was going on, yeah, it wasn't the one that captured us or brought us that genre for a time. Or subgenre for a time, right? Yeah, no, I get. And like I get Cannibal what you're Holocaust saying. is the first one. Yeah, but yeah. it didn't launch that as a subgenre. People weren't didn't keep doing found footage. Blair Witch Project didn't launch a subgenre the way that Paranormal Activity did. Mm. And so, like for better or worse, that is its kind of crowning legacy is that even though the franchise ended up sucking, this one movie did a shit ton for the rest of horror. Because mm-hmm. we don't get Creep or Creep 2 without this, right? We don't get the VHS, VHS films without this. That's the big thing, you know? Like, that, those would be the other, like, th- four movies. I guess there's a third VHS now. But, like, the, that's yeah. the ones you get because of this. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I see, I see, what, you're, I see what you're saying. I just don't, yeah. Yeah, like, we haven't had a splatter film in a long time. And sometimes, you know, we'll get one. And that it doesn't take, you know, and that's what I mean is that this one took for some re- for whatever reason, this took Blair Watch Project was a flash in the pan. This is the one that said, like, no, we're going to have found footage for like 10 more years. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. To and, say. and I think it, it was just, you know, it was incredible, incredible marketing that people were ready for. Yeah. It, and then like John Carpenter didn't invent the slasher. Right. Yeah. But Halloween's the one that stuck. That's the one that right. said, okay, for th- forevermore, we're making slasher movies. We haven't stopped since okay, 1977. Okay, I understand. I understand what, you, what yeah. you're saying now. Cool. Yeah, that's what I mean to say. Like, like it, it deserves that crown. Yeah. Because no, it's, you say paranormal activity, everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Everyone has seen trailer commercial, like, at the very least. And apparently everybody's seen this movie because it made $200 million, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's, not a, it's not Marvel big, but for a horror film, that's huge. That's a giant box office return yeah which again i think that it's really it's really profitable to play off of people's curiosities as as well as playing like final destination plays off of i'm harping on that because we watched the third one last night but um i'm 
so Final Destination plays off of your very realistic fears of walking outside. Yeah, your, like, your mundane things. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And like we've talked about with friends before, like, well, I know what it means to have like a blow to the knee, but I don't really know what it means to get like my throat slit or being stabbed in like a non-deathly artery. Like, like, yeah, or, or like, have, I don't know what it feels like to have my head cut off. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, like, I don't know what it feels like, you know, but we, but we've all like stubbed our toe and lost a toenail. Like that shit right. sucks. Yeah. Um, so there's very specific things that a lot of people have experienced that when you see that in horror, it's very visceral for you. And mm -hmm. then, you know, again, if you see someone like get their hand chopped off, not a lot of people like, you know, there, there definitely is a population that that has happened to, but totally, but there's more two handed people than one. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so this plays on, in the same, in a similar vein, it plays on your your curiosity, and that's why a lot of, um, so there, so there's morbid curiosity with this. There's morbid curiosity with true crime. There, mm -hmm. you know, so humans are naturally curious creatures, obviously, and so we this really plays on that. Like, what would? That's why I really wish they had gone with an anthology because I really just want to see yeah. the freaky, like, I want to see how freaky can you fucking get with something we cannot see. What happens when you're sleeping? Yeah. That's what this one plays on so well. And like yeah. that's what I mean is as a successful, it's a hard everybody to sleeps. say. Everybody sleeps. But it's also like, yes, yes, everybody sleeps, everybody poops. Um, but it's why this is such a successful found footage movie for me. Mm -hmm. Blair Witch is all about the disorientation, right? Yeah. It is, I am lost and I feel lost. We have no compass. This, you know the layout of the house. You can fully understand the layout of this house. It's mm -hmm. not big. It's upstairs, downstairs. We see them move the camera through there without the shaky. Yeah. So I know what this looks like. Mm -hmm. Cloverfield is the other one I was trying to think of, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But like that one disorients as well because you're just like running around and it's just like it. it we started talking about shaky cam mm -hmm. instead of steady cam to make fun of it. Mm -hmm. This is a very steady handheld camera, yeah. right? It's a shoulder mount, sure, but like it it flows well, so you understand where you are. You're never disoriented. Yep. So you're not, and it doesn't really use that many jump scares. Like that's what people think of when they think of found footage. This has two, two, yeah. To the very end and... If, I mean, the sound ones, yeah, there's sound sure. cues, but like visual jump scares is what you think of when you think of found footage. And yeah. yeah. This has two. The ending and uh, her being behind Mika when uh, he was going to get her a blanket for outside. Yep. One of the only other moments he actually shows real love and sympathy for her. Where he's like, if you're out here, or I'm out here, you know? Um, but I love this, that you can have a stationary found footage, a primarily or 50% stationary found footage movie. Yeah. And it still manages to do something. It didn't scare the shit out of me. No. But it was it, it did tension well. Like again, this is not my favorite found footage by a long shot. It is effective though. I totally, yeah. totally, totally understand why people went to go see it. Why people continue to watch it. I mean, even I was like when we watched it the other night. I was like, I want all the lights off. I want, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the curtains drawn. I want it to be, you know. A, yeah, windows a, shut a, so we don't moment. have a whole bunch of New York noise coming in. Yeah, I want yeah. it to be a moment. So I totally, completely understand. And it's not my favorite found footage either. Mine would probably, I mean, I don't know. I still really find Blair Witch fascinating. I don't know as like a film if it's my absolute favorite, but I just find it fascinating. It's very good. Yeah. Like people 
talk about it like oh it was a gimmick and i was like okay great gimmicks can be you can have a gimmick around something that's incredible (laughs) and i mean creep just scared the pants off of me the first time i saw it um so i don't know and continues to do so yeah yeah so i think um i i really don't know i don't know what my favorite one is um but i I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's not this for me. It's not this for you. But like, this is definitely Still worth would seeing. recommend. It's, yeah. It's worth, it's worth seeing. seeing. Um, I don't know about the others, two through six that are out now, but um, this one is definitely fun. Maybe, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that maybe this this um, did inspire someone, like you were saying, reinvigorate the genre. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that maybe um, this would inspire someone to do something like an anthology with paranormal um, uh found footage I think that would be just really cool to see because then you get to play with different settings too like different houses different like I don't know I I don't think we've ever had have we ever had like a like a paranormal moment like in an apartment in you know like a city like Chicago or New York or Atlanta or anything we covered the sublet there was the sublet that's Vancouver yeah but it's like on the outskirts um I think it would be kind of funny to have one like in a New York apartment. I think that could be like a horror comedy, honestly. I mean, I I wrote a short story that is that, but yeah. Um, oh no, uh, we we covered it. A demon destroyed my relationship. It's a, it's a short story as well. Um, but we uh, by Kim Cooney or Kim Cooney, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a narration on that, but I would love to see it materialized. Yeah, I mean, I've I've reached <laughs> out to I've reached out to her about uh, shooting that, but uh, that's for another date. Um, because I love that you story. You totally missed my joke. Materialized. Oh, <laughs> shit. Sorry, I did. I just moved <laughs> right past your joke. I'm so sorry. No, that's a good joke. Ha ha. I like ha. it. Ha ha ha. Thank yeah, you. I would love to see. I would. I'm with you, though. I'm, I'm so obnoxious today. Oh, my I'm God. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really obnoxious today. It's okay. I'm going to cut most of that. Don't you dare. The world needs to know how awful I am. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I think that's that's more or less my thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I think this is very successful. I went in with very low expectations. Um, I had written it off forever ago, mm-hmm. you know, 12 years ago when it came out. I just was like, fuck this shit. I don't That's care. how we felt about Saw too, And we were actually pretty pleasantly surprised. So it's also cause I knew where the franchise went, yeah. you know? Um, that's what really soured me on it for both of these. Well, that's the problem with a lot of franchises is that it became, it, it becomes a money grab that they kind of feel because they have the name. They oh, don't yeah. really have to create anything of, of substance. Again, and... they've made nearly a billion dollars. Yep. I think I said eight hundred something, right? Yeah, 800 some, million? something like that. But yeah, that's that's really that's really my closing thoughts on this is that is that it's 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 worth it. It's worth the watch. I think that it's a really good at least spooky, once. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good one to get you in in the spooky mood, especially again if you're into into ghosts and or or in this case demons we thought it was a ghost but it turns out it's a demon it's still a ghost story to me (laughs) oh well whatever so anyway you guys know where to find us we're at horror babes podcast on instagram we're at horror babes pod on twitter and we have a website horrorbabespod.com if you're enjoying us please rate and review on itunes also thank you so much for joining us for ghost stories month mm-hmm. we really appreciated this we love doing themed months if you so can't fun. tell we, we do them like three times a year we, we have a theme. a theme um yeah we love a bit we have a, we love a theme and that's us but thank you so much for joining us this october our third october this is our, it's our second anniversary but that means it's our third october together y'all to many more hello bye, bye babes, babes. Yeah, babe.
やべ。